Ever waddle to the bathroom after sex, towel between your legs, desperately trying to keep the freshly delivered load from dripping down your leg and onto your hardwood? Well, worry no more. Awkward Essentials introduces the drip stick, or as I like to call it, the cum sponge. This medical grade sponge sucks up jizz before it sneaks onto your sheets. Visit awkwardessentials.com today and use my code WYP for a 10% discount. They offer numerous products for all types of fun fluids. Keep your shorts semen free and use my code today. That's WYP and save 10%. Awkward Essentials, making bodily fluids less awkward. Welcome back, fellow humans. We are joined by none other than Dr. Jolie Hamilton, jealousy expert extraordinaire, knower of all things consensual non-monogamy, and brilliant four-time psychology degree winner. I was trying to think of like how to say Academy Award winner. Four-time psychology degree earner. Uh, I'm so grateful that you're here with us. Please tell me a little bit about your necklace because it's stunning. For those who aren't watching, it's gold. It's a triangle. It's very simple, very elegant. But the triangle is pointing down towards the cleavage. The the tip of the triangle is pointing I mean, down. That's just smart. That's honestly design <laughs> wise. I I wouldn't have done it any other way. Yeah, my first degree was in fashion design. Mm. I always gonna play up the features. Right? Always, just, uh, just always play up the features. But that you told me that jealousy is a triangle. Yep, every time. So a lot of people struggle to tell the difference between jealousy and envy. And there is such an easy way to tell the difference. If there are three points on the triangle, because there's me, my beloved, the one I am attached to, and an interrupter or a perceived interrupter, I've got jealousy. If there's me and one other, because I long to be who they are, or I long to have what they have, like I, then it's envy. And here's where it gets tricky. Many times when we're jealous, and there's the three points, let's say it's me, my husband, and now there's this woman and I'm like, oh my God, she's going to interrupt our bond. I may also be envious of her. I may envy qualities she has. So okay. I may have jealousy going on and inside that jealousy is envy. But wow. when it's jealousy, there'll always be three points and jealousy is relational. It is about the perceived interruption to our love bond. How does one... Okay, so first of all, jealousy sucks. It is I'm literally... I'm an enthusiast myself. Are you? Okay, I am going to talk to you about this in a minute on how jealousy can be good. I literally... It, it upsets me. Like, I don't like being jealous. I don't like the feeling of envy. I, I'm not an, an envious person. Like, that's... I don't covet, right? Like, I don't... It's not, that's not something I want to do. Like I might be like, Ooh, I like those pants. So I'll go buy them. <laughs> yeah. It's inspiring. Ooh, I want to go there. So I'm going to go there. Like jealousy for me is guttural, right? It's sure. watching my husband 
fuck a woman and me saying, okay, I really want to be in this moment and I really want to be present. I really want to enjoy what he's having. I want to love that he's getting pleasure. But in my gut, I'm like, this hurts. So how do I turn that into compersion? Don't. Can I? Don't? Don't. Ma'am. Just don't. Um, Because jealousy isn't the raw material of compersion. So I don't want anybody to try to turn jealousy into compersion. What about envy envy into compersion? No, absolutely not. No. (laughs) But here's what I can offer instead. Instead, I want to offer you a roadmap to navigate your way through jealousy so that jealousy can take up its actual place, which is more neutral, right? Mm-hmm. Jealousy is archetypal. It's, it's, a, it's a universal pattern of human behavior. Okay. So it's archetypal, which means it has a negative and a positive side. It has a dark and a light, a good and a bad side, right? Okay. So it's, it's like a human. Exactly. And so it serves a purpose. So I want to help people navigate to a more neutral relationship to their jealousy, which means sometimes it will feel guttural and horrifying and awful. And sometimes it can feel juicy and arousing and exciting. And then once I have a handle on being in a neutral space with jealousy, which doesn't mean I always handle it well, but (laughs) I can. I can conceive of the idea that it is not inherently bad. Then I can work work on nurturing compersion. Compersion's raw ingredient is joy. Compersion is joy for another's joy. I can't turn jealousy into compersion because that's not what compersion's made of. Damn it. (laughs) That makes a lot of fucking sense. (laughs) So it's good news. Okay. Because the thing that you've been trying to do just doesn't work. So you can stop doing that. That's not how you'll get there. But after you've got that roadmap into that neutral spot with jealousy, I have a beloved friend, (laughs) um, Dr. Marie Tuen, whose primary research area is compersion. She has identified factors that increase our ability to access compersion and factors that decrease or create obstacles to compersion. So there's now another roadmap, right? And now she and I are working on how to link these two roadmaps together so that then we can actually lead ourselves toward the compersion we want to feel. Can you explain what, like, can you explain compersion for everybody? Yeah. So um, Dr. Tuen describes it as the wholehearted joy for my partner's happiness. Like that wholehearted feeling you were describing. So my husband's fucking someone else and I want to be happy for him, but I'm all torn up. Let's take it down a notch. Let's instead say that I am watching a little child having an ice cream cone. And I'm lactose intolerant. And I'm not going to have that ice cream cone. Because I will not be able to climb into bed with my husband later because that will be nasty. Yeah. But I can be really happy for that little kid. And I can literally feel vicarious joy, sympathetic joy for their joy. Easy, right? Everybody's felt this. I just took my nephews to Disneyland. My God, going on the carousel, my nephew at the end of the... I'm not a huge fan of going in circles. 
It's fine. I was like, I'll do this. this. I'm not going on the fucking teacups, but I'll go on the carousel with you. And he held my hand. And at the end, he applauded and was like, Ashley, that was amazing. And I was like, yes, it was. You are amazing. This And I had so much joy for him that it was, yeah. that's exactly what, okay. So I do, so I'm not a, a monster. I do experience, I experience compersion on a daily yes. basis. I am a joyful I have never- human. Yeah, I've never met anybody who doesn't. Okay. They do. They do. <sighs> like, we would need to be in full Scrooge land, right? Like, you're, you've gone all Ebenezer. That's where you'd be to just never experience compersion. Okay. I believe that the trouble is, compersion, the, the term was coined in the polyamorous world, right? Like, and okay. So. Oh, fascinating. Some, really? Yeah. It well, was. You would yeah. think that it would be like a psychological term that people can use. Well, you'd think it'd be in the dictionary you by would now, think too, it would be but in, it's not. Wow. Uh, ooh. I'm pretty mad about it. I'm a little salty. Actually, we should call Webster. Well, w- Marie has. She's actually petitioned them three times, I think, now. She and I want to start in, the, in, in, in January. We're meeting to discuss, like, okay, how are we going to put together an actual movement to get this in the dictionary? Because Call me. I'll come in wherever you are. I'll come okay, March. Okay, we're doing this. She, and, and she's in San Francisco, so, like, we're oh. doing this. This is happening. Because here's the thing. The word applies to all of us. Mm-hmm. It happened to have popped into existence in this non-monogamous container, but it helps everyone. When my kids are struggling with watching other people get the things they want, then this is a different thing to aim for. Yeah. I don't have to turn it into it, but I could conceivably, and this happens every day in my world, be experiencing jealousy and experiencing compersion at the wow. same time. Wow. So I'm okay. complicated. <laughs> But that's actually really relieving. That's actually very relieving to hear is that I can experience both. So let's turn it back up a notch. Okay. So let's say Kevin and I are are going to bring someone home and we both think that this person is attractive and we both think that this person can provide both of us sexual gratification. And they do. Great. Right. They are, awesome. we're both kissing them. Um, we're both enjoying them and, and we're having a great time. Everybody's enjoying themselves. And then it hits a point where my compersion runs, my compersion meter is gone. And yep, tanks. The, the jealousy, I'm like this, I'm, yeah, it's a lot of sex over there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so you'd be normal, right? We used that word before. You'd be yeah. totally normal. Jealousy is purposeful. It can be spotted in babies as young as five and six months old. It is part of our evolutionary heritage. Evolutionary psychology is very clear on this point. It serves a great purpose. It keeps us connected to our caregivers that we need to stay alive when we're infants. Cool. Awesome. And now, you know, we're grown-ass adults. And we need to not act like five-month-olds when we experience jealousy. Right. And and we have volition, so we can. So let's say you're in that situation and there's all this arousal and then you have a trigger moment. You get a full-blown, like, whoop, everything flips on a dime and the whole world's turned upside down. And now the thing that was just really hot is not hot. And now you're feeling fear of abandonment and you're feeling anger and you're feeling 
like this weird anxiety that's got your stomach all twisted in knots and you're, there's heat. Oh my God, there's so much heat and pressure mm-hmm. and tightness and your chest is closing and all of this is happening. Were you there? Were you in the I room? Know, right? I, I was. I was. Okay. I was watching from I was the like, corner. I watched like, like, I mean, every you, did corner you of every it? room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then you didn't have any tools. Because you were told your whole life that jealousy is normal and this is actually exactly what's supposed to be happening. And also you kind of suck because you feel jealousy and why can't you just figure this out? So now you're also wicked mad at yourself and now you're spiraling down, Your Massachusetts down, just down. showed. Oh, it did. Wicked. <laughs> wicked. Wicked bad. <sighs> so you're screwed. Yeah. Because right then – Not only are you lost in this mire of emotions, because jealousy is a complex emotion made of other emotions, much more primal, and they take over, but also because you now have to deal with all the things you feel about yourself because you're feeling jealousy. So add judgment, add shame. Now we take this wet blanket of shame and we throw it over all those other emotions. The easiest thing for you to do in this moment is going to be to blame Kevin. Mm. stop doing what you're doing. I cannot tolerate feeling Mm. this way. Mm -hmm. This is why for millennia, jealousy has been an excuse for violent behavior. We need to knock that shit off. Yeah. Here's where you missed your opportunity. Okay. Right as the trigger's happening, just like if you were in the midst of a people exiting from the Walmart line and cutting you off as you're trying to merge into traffic, that road rage feeling, right? Like just when you're at that feeling, you have a moment. We're grown as adults and we have a moment where we get to engage our tools. But if you didn't have any idea that you needed to engage a tool to regulate your nervous system and buy yourself a little time so that you could ask for what you needed in that moment and actually engage in your process... Now you're screwed because now you're down that spiral. But yeah. you had a moment. And that moment was the trigger starts to happen. You notice the sensations in your body. Whoop, it's coming. The heat, the twisting, the oh, uh, it's coming. Okay, now I regulate my nervous system. As okay. soon as I've got just a little bit of space there, now I turn to my partner and see, is this a moment where I can ask for co-regulation? Now, I'm hoping anybody you brought back to your house that you found juicy and delicious can also be asked for, hey, I need a moment. Could we just take a beat together? I need to remember that I am safe mm-hmm. and that this is fun. Mm-hmm. And we take <laughs> a moment and we just breathe together or we get a drink of water. We do some grounding. We remember that this is fun. We get back into our bodies and then we figure out what the next step is. And the next step might be that we all lay around and cuddle. The next step might be that we decide to fuck in a whole different way. The next step might be that we decide that that was the conclusion of this and we go make bacon at 2 a.m. Because why not? These are all these are all great options. So yeah, far. this is my, – my house is really fun at 2 o'clock in the morning. Bacon. Yeah. I'm mostly vegetarian, but bacon at 2 a.m. after Bacon at 2 a.m. Yes. Yeah. I don't eat yes. bacon, but bacon all at 2 a.m. after an orgy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that's the time for it. It's really the only time I have it, but it's really, really good. So you had that opportunity, but you didn't know that you had it. 
Because none of us are taught when we're little kids to deal with jealousy. Instead, we're told that jealousy is bad and it's depicted with all these big green monsters yes. and it, these nasty figures. And we're told to share our toys and share our mother's attention and share, 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 share before we're ready. And we are not given the nervous system regulation tools. And if you were, then lucky you. I'm so glad. Please mm. share with the class. <laughs> and and. If we start doing that with our children, then we will see change. But I do this full time. My kids still struggle with jealousy. Mm -hmm. This is going to take generations it's because an evolutionary we struggle. emotion. You no, know, and you know, there's a really unhealthy thing that I've seen, especially when I was younger. Maybe you know, my twenties, people dating. There, were, I knew people that would get mad at their yep. significant other. If they were not jealous of yes. something that happened, because they think that jealousy validates something that makes them feel like, oh, he should be getting mad at me because I'm talking to this guy. And if he's not, there's something wrong with him because he should be mad at me. Or he jealous. doesn't love me if he's not jealous. Jealousy right. is paradoxical in westernized cultures at the very least. Um, it's paradoxical in that we use it both as proof of love and as proof that our love is in complete threat and breakdown. Right. Dr. Maya Angelou has this beautiful quote. She said, jealousy and love is like salt and food. A little enhances the savor, but too much spoils the dish. Wow. We want that Goldilocks amount of jealousy. And I get it. Like uh, jealousy... The symptoms that I'm describing of jealousy are the same symptoms of the beginnings of arousal, right? Like before the jealousy gets wild, elevated heart rate, this like gushy, ah, the tightness and the, oh, it's a lot. And I start to shiver. And now I can get, I can go down two different paths. One of those paths leads me to anger and sadness and all these tough emotions. One path leads me to feeling aroused and Almost none of us have any idea how to access easily that path toward arousal because this mess that we have around jealousy being inherently bad. I mean, the APA even says it's bad. Mm -hmm. It says the APA definition of jealousy is a negative affective state. It doesn't say that about anger. Anger, they say, anger can be a healthy emotion. And I'm like, huh, that's but fine. But we're going to decide negative. jealousy is, which is why we have people going around saying, I'm just a jealous person. I can't do that. I'm just jealous. I'm bad. We we would mm. not say I'm angry, so I'm bad. We've so I am I am team. Let's get jealousy back to its neutral position. Remember that it can be used really really badly because we need to deal with the violence that is attached to jealousy right. for so many people. Anger right. is the number one word that people use, you know, to describe their jealousy. And so, what are we going to do? We have jealousy problems. They're very very real. But some of them are just because we're misunderstanding that jealousy, just like all other emotions, is our deal. We have to start working with it where it starts, in us, if we try to control our partner's behavior. So I I, I am actually like, <laughs> I want to hug you. Like, I feel like I just <laughs> had a therapy session. Uh, but I did want to ask you a quick question about your five pillars yeah. of open relationships. Yeah. 
So I, I love the five pillars. I teach them in whole in, in an hour-long salon. It's free. It happens mo- almost every month. And the reason I teach them this way is they are, they are this beautiful way for people to understand that they have a good foundation for exploring opening up. When I say opening up, again, I'm not saying you have to go fuck other people. I am saying if you want to explore what it looks like to be expansive in some domains of your relationship then let's get some firm foundations. The first the first pillar right away, you need enthusiastic informed consent. Right. Did I have that from my husband? No, no. I did not. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was on a really rocky foundation. That was not a good place to start from. And often I will work with people who are many years into their opening process and when they go back and review the tapes, they're like oh, we missed the foundational pieces. And I get why. If I turn behind me, there's rows of books. Now that we have all these books on non-monogamy, who's reading them all? Often it's only one partner. And then there's so much to learn. And it just feels so overwhelming. So I distilled this down to, here are the five pillars that I see that we need to have in place in our operating system, our paradigm shift. So you wouldn't say that there's a certain... You wouldn't say there's a certain time frame of being in a relationship. In other words, we've only been in a relationship for six months. It's too soon. But you'd say if there is that foundation there. Right. I think you can start you can from day one. you can establish it. Right. Yeah. You so can start from day one I, or day 20 or day 200,000. I don't know. It doesn't matter. But you want to put these pillars in place. Right. And I didn't, I didn't make them up. I mean, these pillars came out of my research. They came out of my clinical background. They came out of my suffering. Mm. And they, they are confirmed over and over again when long-standing non-monogamous couples show up to my salon. And I get a message afterwards going, so we know that you offer work that's for people who are in this, you know, this opening up phase. We've been open for a long time. Are we a fit for the year of opening? And I'm like, Let's talk because you probably are. I work with people over the course of a year because getting the pillars in place and functioning, most people have to revisit that. They have to go back and like firm up the foundations. We built our houses on beaches. We got to like really Mm. firm up the foundations. Wow. And the thing is good relationship skills are good relationship skills. Plenty of people go through my programs and then – they experiment, they explore, and they find out that what they want is a closer to monogamy than polyamory. And so I put them into a category I call creative monogamy. They are open in some domains and ex- very exclusive in others. Wow. But they know it and they chose it. So number one is enthusiastic consent. Enthusiastic What's informed Informed consent. consent. Yeah. What's yep. number two? Number two is the longest one, that relationships can and should be built by the people in them for the people in them every single time, all relationships. That is simple. Yeah. What's number three? People don't do it. Growth mindset. Everybody thinks they've got one and then we have to act like it. A growth mindset. What does that look like? It looks like deciding that I am going to understand that I can change that I'm not going to over-identify with 
being, I am the anxious one. I am the avoidant one. I can't change. I'm jealous. I, I stop this constant static, this is what I am. This is all I am. And I decide that in fact, if I want to shift paradigms, I can, and it's going to yeah. take effort. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And anybody that's been in a long-term relationship realizes, or at least they should realize that I, I would think that anybody who studies long-term relationships realize <clears throat> that the two people are constantly changing, constantly changing the way they communicate, constantly changing the way or, or growing and figuring out new ways to adapt because there's big life changes that happen in people's lives and they deal with things differently and that can affect the way they interact with their loved ones. I think and, that that is ideal. But there's another way to deal with all those same problems that's very, very popular in our culture. Therapy? Uh, it's called codependent. No, codependency. Oh. Codependency. If, you, if <laughs> I just keep codependent. Of therapy. Right. And I just Everything's keep. good. Right. If I just keep changing my rules to suit your needs and you do that for me, then pretty soon we'll be in this beautiful land called compromise where nobody gets what they want. And it's <laughs> lovely. I love it so much. Not a big fan. What's number four? Fair. Number four is the boring one. It's personal responsibility. It's your Mm. job. You're making this relationship. Show up. Do it. Do your research. Show up. Create your agreements. Learn how to regulate your nervous system. Do all the things. And it's work. I spent, you know how long it took to move from a completely abusive situation to a very healthy verified as healthy. I keep bringing him to therapists and they're like, you guys are awesome. And I'm like, I'm worried. What if look at him. He's fine. <laughs> I, I, look I worry at about him. me. I worry about me. Are you kidding? But in order to do that, is this constant doing exactly what you just said, Kevin, actually deciding that, oh, this is us. We're going to grow and change and I'm going to have to keep on this effortful, not work, effort. Like, right. I want to stay strong too, so I pick heavy things up off the ground. That's how it works. Right. How it works. You don't get guns without lifting some weights. Exactly. Exactly. Right? What's number sure. five? Number five is my magic ingredient. <gasps> Ooh, excited. It's, it's um, it's the pixie dust I would sprinkle everywhere. Ding, 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 it, it's really, it's, it's. You can't do without this once you know it, but it's also the hardest piece to put in place because it is not it is not part of the ground of our lives in a monoculture. So we're living in a monoculture. We are surrounded with monotheism. We live in a in really a proxy monarchy. Yeah. <laughs> so like with with the with the privilege above, right? Yeah. The fifth one is the lens of multiplicity. It is a depth psychological term, a way to look at the world and say competing needs can be met with the type of creativity that shifts your ontological ground. It changes everything because when I stand and view the world through the lens of multiplicity, competing needs are nothing more than an opportunity to get really creative and figure out what I'm going to do in this seemingly mutually exclusive tangle. We're humans. We're freaking magic. We're amazing. What do you mean by competing needs? What would be an example of a competing need? 
Okay, there are lots of ways competing needs can happen. If you're in a monogamous couplehood, a com- competing needs might look like desire discrepancy. Okay. Like, I'm high frisky, you're low frisky. I'm <laughs> Right? You've got I, your foot I, on the brake, I've got my foot on the gas. Exactly, right. Um, if you're in a non-monogamous relationship, it might look like having two partners and being the hinge, right? Like, so I have two partners and I'm the hinge, I'm at the point of the V, mm-hmm. and one of them is home trying to put the kids to bed and the other one is my date tonight. Um, and now what do I do? Now I'm driving my date home and we're in a car accident. And that car accident means that she just broke her arm. Now what do I do? I'm supposed to be home helping put the kids to bed. My other partner has a broken arm. All of a sudden, right? Like everybody's brain there just did a flip because yep, right. we knew what the obligation was. We knew where the where we were supposed to go meet our need. But in fact, all of us understand the lens of multiplicity because when someone's pain and suffering is on the line, we're human. We engage our compassion. There's suffering present. And so when suffering is present and I bring my humanity to it, I'm engaging compassion and I show up for this person who just broke their arm and needs to go to the emergency room. That makes so much sense. Yeah. So you're able as a human being to be a fucking kaleidoscope and turn that kaleidoscope. And yeah, it might look like a lot of yellows and blues, but you tilt it and now it's a lot of reds and greens. And we are able as human beings to see numerous outcomes. We might say, no, this is the only way. This is the only way. It can't be any other way. When in fact, yes, it can. I, I, it's exactly. very frustrating for me when someone says, here's your option. I'm like, that's not an option. What are you talking about? What? I get yeah. one? <laughs> right. First Singular? off, it can't be an option. If- it's, how is it an option? <laughs> There's yeah. got to be multiple in order for there to be an option. So I understand the lens of multiplicity is agreeing that things shift and it's okay to accept the shift? It's it's a pretty... Here's the thing. The lens of multiplicity, and if you Google this, you're not going to turn up a bunch of stuff. Like, I use this term, and I I mean, I studied this is, Jungian this is and This is 2009 Jolie looking for... <laughs> We're not going like, to find anything on why, this. What is this chick talking about? Because... So if you want to go dive into Jung and Hillman with me, let's okay. go take a trip. Because okay. I, like, I love this. This is what helped me resolve my childhood trauma. This is what helped me love my parents despite the fact growing up in an incredibly abusive household. This is what helps me deal with the fact that I have a complicated life with teenagers, so many teenagers who have competing needs, so so many, many. (laughs) so many who have competing needs. I allow myself to be present to the fact that we are not actually isolated, that I do not need to come up with every solution on my own, that I can see multiple perspectives, and that even though I'm great at discernment, I am am an ENTJ on the Myers-Briggs. I am great, (laughs) great at discernment. I am an ENTJ. Yeah, right? Yeah, double Leo too over here. All kinds of trouble. Oh, I'm an Aries Aries Virgo, so... Yeah. No, I'll take that. I'll take that. I love Aries. Love them. <laughs> I love Leos. So <laughs> the when I have discernment, it can feel like I have to decide everything. I have to solve everything myself. 
Mm-hmm. I have to know the answer. Mm-hmm. The lens of multiplicity for me invites me into a space of standing in the the both and, standing in the what if I tried to have my cake and eat it too? Because in fact, I will frequently bake a cake and bake a backup cake that I can eat <laughs> while I'm decorating this cake. Hey, can you can you do that, babe? Can you? Can you cook two cakes? I can make two cakes. He's upset because I make one pumpkin cheesecake and take it. Perfect. Yeah, she takes it to somebody else's house. And then (gasps) he gets a piece. So you're Polly Pyrus. (laughs) I I smell this amazing pie in the kitchen and I'm like, oh my God, I can't wait because Ashley is an amazing cook. And then she's like, no, you don't get me of this. This is actually going to uh, one of our this friends. This is lies. He house. can have a so piece of the cake. He just can't have the whole cake. We know where you are expansive, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I am very expansive in the kitchen. I am. Anyone who's looking for uh, somebody to be a chef for them in their expansive uh, open relationship, that's I'm your girl. I My love language <laughs> is food, so... <laughs> Well, are we the same person? Ashley? I think we might. Literally, can you just come visit me already? Like, I'm like, seriously. Like, this is ridiculous. On. Do you know what I made? You know what I made? Pumpkin pop tarts with actual puff pastry and a icing and an, and a maple mm-hmm. icing. Oh, yeah. maple! Oh, Get like, out of here! Them, right. Well, I mean, I am in Massachusetts, so oh, we tap fair. the trees. This, this is, you just walked outside Literally. and a Keebler fucking elf handed you your syrup. <laughs> exactly. Well, that's what all the teenagers are for. They tap the trees for me. They got to earn their keep. Great. No, yeah, they have to somehow. There's so many of them. There's so many. They're, and five of them are in college right now. It's ridiculous. They're learning so much. So much. Not enough, actually. Um, so much. It's not enough. Uh, tell me about um, what you would say to a couple who is wanting to open really – both of them have enthusiastic, informed consent. Um, they have decided that, uh, you know, opening is the next step in their relationship. Um, what would you say to them to help them take the step to figuring out where in that CNM umbrella they fit? Is there is there a quiz that they can take? <laughs> I mean, I literally have a quiz. <laughs> so so for, before we decide what style of non-monogamy, I would actually send you to joliequiz.com, literally, J-O-L-I-Q-U-I-Z. Because okay. joliequiz.com, J-O-L-I-quiz.com, just in case anybody was wondering. Unofficial sponsor. 10 questions. I base them out of my research. They're designed to help you understand where on a spectrum from hell no to hell yes, you are. (laughs) Take this individually and don't panic if you get a, whoa, baby, let's get some foundations. That's fine. At the end of the quiz, you're going to get an invitation to come to my salon, learn more about the five pillars for free because that's what I do because I don't care who you work with. Let's get those babies in place. And that's your opportunity to then enter into a process. When I work with people, it's for at least a year. Wow. I have a group program or I have private programs. It's for at least a year. I believe that opening requires time as an ingredient. So I would not even entertain the question of what co- where under the umbrella you're going to mm-hmm. fall. I usually get to at least 
week 16, 18, before we are even worrying about that. And I love labels. Taxonomy, like bring it on. I just (laughs) recorded a 90-minute episode on the taxonomy of ethical non-monogamy for my own podcast. So I love it, but now is not the moment. Now go take the quiz. Let's find out where you are on hell hell no to hell yes. Get both you and your partner into the salon. Let's talk about what the pillars are, where you struggle. And then if you're into it, you can work with me and we can do this in a graduated risk, trauma-informed, neurosomatically intelligent way. Those are my favorite words that you just said. (laughs) They're good words, right? (laughs) I am literally floored with information and flooded with joy and emotion and um, compersion for my listeners. I'm li- I literally have compersion for when they listen to this episode because they are going to be so amazed by what they don't know. I'm actually jealous that they get to listen to this. In You're their, envious. In their, I'm envious. Because there's envious. no triangle. Yeah. No, there's right? not. No, I'm no envious of all Dyad. of my listeners. No. Awesome. Uh, Kimberly, yeah, I know you're going to listen to this episode. Girl, this one's for you. I love you. Shit, this is this shit right here. This is for her. She's very stoked about this episode. Um, yeah. And honey, do you have any questions? No. No. Um, we I'm sated flooded. his curiosity. I'm flooded. <laughs> I'm flooded with information right now, and I've got a lot to uh, sift through. He's going to go take uh, JolieQuiz.com right now. Do you want to? I already did. (laughs) Oh, you did? I love that. She's just taking it. She's just taking the quiz. I already took it. (laughs) How far over were were you on the spectrum? I'm going to tell you right now. Um, Talk to Kevin, and and I'll tell you right now where I was. I'll tell you right the fuck now. Kevin, I love that you said that you were flooded with information. You had stuff to sift out because – that's the thing. Like, you don't have to want to open mm-hmm. to just use this to inform, like, hey, well, like, how do we want to do this relating thing? Like, right. You're clearly so into each other. Just- There's so, you know, it's it's interesting that I think people might hear this and they might go, oh, my God, it's so difficult to open your relationship because there's so many things you have to do. But, I mean, it's just the same things that you do in a normal relationship. Most people don't go he off the roadmap. Right. (laughs) You said normal this time. I love it. Oh my God. I'm sorry. No, no, it's good. I really think it's good. Like this is what we do. We just say, yeah, all the relationship styles are normal. Some of them are undisclosed. Some of them people don't feel safe to say they're in. So I think. But you're right. It's the same work. If you're doing relationships well, it's the same. It's the same work, right? Just new, new language. Right. You just, you change the perspective, you change what you're looking for. And, you know, I think if people are out there listening to this and they're, they're thinking about it, um, you just have to go at it a different perspective with an open mind. Right. Right. It's, and so many people think that this is about, let's go have more sex. But most of the people who show up in my world, what they want is to figure out what more they want. What and their needs and desires, they're they're different. They they find out, oh, this is actually a path toward our individuation. Uh, my whole shtick, my like my own podcast is entirely about non-monogamy as an individuation path. So it can also be monogamy toward that. 
We're just going on an exploration to find out what an exploration of non-monogamy can teach us about what we want in our relationships. And I think, I think most people in relationships, if they open themselves up to this, they would find that they are a lot different, especially in bed than they believe they are because you have this union, you make love, you have sex and you play off of one another's strong points. Right. Yep. But maybe when you go down these paths, you find that you two are very, very, actually very different. Maybe not different, but you you want different things. You expect different things. And we're, which... we, so couples have sexual scripts, right? So mm-hmm. now when I'm with somebody else, ooh, I have a new script. The, I, I mean, I have clients all the time describe to me how they, like with my husband, I want this. With my boyfriend, I want this. Why am I so different? Why am I not this integrated it, whole? Like, and I think people because would who find, said you were supposed to be <laughs> right. I think people would find a lot of jealousy in that if they said, "Why does he not want to do that with me, but he wants to do that with that person?" Right. The what? But you don't you don't need to be jealous about something like that because I think everybody would find themselves in that situation. And every um, person is every person is different. So your husband might offer you something mentally that your boyfriend doesn't, and your boyfriend might offer you something sexually that your husband doesn't because they are different biological cellular creatures. They come from they will different, literally be different. They're literally different human they're, beings. They're literally different. And most of us spend a lot of time practicing being enmeshed to a degree that we actually lose the sense of This is my favorite part of all relationships. You are a sacred, autonomous other. Mm -hmm. It's so hard to hold on to that. But when when you've got that, I don't care how many people you're screwing. It doesn't matter. If you've got that, now you can really engage with that growing dynamic person we were talking about. Right. And you're not going to have just one relationship. You're going to have a hundred of them with them. Everybody's going to be really pissed because at you – Dr. Hamilton, because sure, you, you took you took my Google Doc away that told me my results. I yeah, the Google Doc. You're right. It, so uh, the Google Doc was away. only open. It, yeah, it, the Google Doc was only open for a week while yep. I had while I had the next <laughs> cohort open. It's true. It's true. The quiz is open all year round. All year round. The quiz is always there yep. for you, and the Google Doc opens on special occasions when. I decide to give people, but here's the thing. I have never, I've never said all the five pillars for anybody on any podcast. I never oh, give wow. them away, ever. I always make people come Oh to my God. But you asked them in such a clear way after asking me to lay a foundation for people, why they matter. Because decontextualized, the five pillars sound like, okay, cool, I'll just do that. And they're not okay, cool. It's, it's, if you put those in place. There's no way to do these five pillars without you. I don't know anybody else. I, I have people who I refer out to. I have lots of people, but sure. not for people who want an individuation relationship using non-monogamy. Right. I am the only human I know on the entire planet yeah. who has my alignment of degrees and specialties. Right. I, it's, you're an, an, you're an enigma. I am. And I love studying jealousy, which means when people deal with non-monogamy, I mean, jealousy has to come up. Even if you are a very naturally low jealousy person, 
uh, you just entered the world where everybody's inviting jealousy in through the door. So <laughs> other people in your life will have it and you need to know how to deal with it. And jealousy doesn't scare me. And jealousy comes so. from outside too. Like it's yeah. difficult to say to anyone like, hey, we you know, have an open relationship or we are swingers or we are polyamorous because the hate, the questions and the jealousy that you get from outside forces is so tangible. And right. it there has to be a way to, to navigate, even if you as a person can't experience jealousy. All you experience is compersion. You will experience jealousy from someone else. So you need to be able to recognize how to navigate through other people's jealousy and other people's right. bullshit so that it doesn't affect you. And and re remember, it's hard from every direction because if, you, if you've ever been the target of someone's jealousy, mm. where you are the perceived interrupter, but you aren't doing anything. Except existing. Except existing, perhaps just as an Instagram figure, <laughs> jealousy is so powerful. It will it invent personal. <laughs> a figure. Oh, yeah. Every day in my life. Jealousy is, it is present. This is what I mean. This is why I studied it from an archetypal perspective. Right. It's not going anywhere. Just like beauty is not going anywhere. Right. Just like hate is not going anywhere. Right. These Anger. Right. They're they're not just emotions. They are universal patterns of human behavior. Right. And so if you ever have it pointed at you because you are the perceived interrupter, you're going to want some tools for that Absolutely. too. Absolutely. And that's messy. And this, messy. this, um, I, I took the, I took the quiz, but I can't, I can't find my results because I think my results are on that Google doc. <laughs> I don't know They've where they disappeared are. into the ether. They're gone, which means You're I probably have to, have to take it again. And we can just talk it all the way exactly. through. Exactly. So I'm going to take the quiz with it. you on air and then you're going to just tell me my results in, in uh, yeah. person. Yeah. We're going to both have to take it and then she can break it down for both of us. Exactly. Exactly. I love that. That's I love what we're that. going to do. Perfect. So I just absolutely want to eat you alive because I think that you're Yay. delicious and wonderful. Um, I cannot wait for you to come to California and I cannot wait um, to have this episode air. I, I'm going to make my producer edit it right now. I want it edited Yay. tonight. Like <laughs> I want everyone to hear this ASAP. I, uh, this is one of the best episodes I've done in a really long time. So thank you so, so very much. You are much appreciated and the universe knew what it was doing when it made us wait. <laughs> I'm so glad we waited for Kevin. Me too. Because a three-way is nice. A three-way like, is fun. nice. It just, I, it, I agree. There's an, added, energy. There's an yep. added element of like this nice like masculinity that we had in the room. Right. Um, exactly. And he didn't try to like overshadow anything so there wasn't like No, that any, was grounded masculinity. Mm -hmm, grounded. Ma that was secure yeah. masculinity. Yeah, mm -hmm. right. I was letting I was letting the smart people <laughs> do their thing. I appreciate this so much, though, because the conversation we just had—I mean, that is that's the open that's the entryway for mm -hmm. people to go home and have this conversation with their partner, right? And that's the number one hitch point that most people hit. I'll get one person will show up and say, "I wanna." If you're one of those people, like, let's talk. Yeah. I even have a conversation starter. Ken and I recorded a conversation oh. you can play for your partner if you can't say the words. This doesn't have to go badly. <clears throat> 
That's amazing. God, God, I love you. Please. Okay. So Dr. Hamilton, plug the fuck out of some stuff before we go. (laughs) Okay. So everybody knows they have to go take the quiz. JolieQuiz.com. Go. That's your way. You go do that. You're going to enter my world. I send hysterically lovely Dude, emails, her emails with wonderful memes. Fucking They're hilarious. So good. They're David. There was David in a meme the other day from Shit's Creek. It was exactly amazing. <clears throat> exactly. So you will be entertained. And here's the thing. Um, if you like how I talk about this and you want to hear about that that crazy guy that I described that I like totally, totally reinvented my world for. My podcast called Playing With Fire, because playing with fire is fun. I like fireworks. Hell yeah. Um, <laughs> that is, it is Ken and I talking our way through the mire, wow. the, the tough stuff. And the reason we do that is because he is, he's a nerd. I, he talks about this stuff from a completely different direction. He applies the language of technology and physics mm. to these same problems and he, just like Kevin, sits back and lets me explain when we're in the psychology. <laughs> and, and that is an opportunity for people to see someone modeling what it sounds like to have these messy conversations yeah. with the very real reality that, like, I have a date tomorrow night. I'm oh, going out. Right? Nice. Where are you that, going? That, actually, that date's coming here. Ooh, that's Yeah, it's fun. actually in. It's in. Yeah. It, we just remodeled our house, so I finally have a room to myself. Oh, so. my God. That's nice. incredible. That's Yay. exciting. It wow. is. It is. Excited And so we you. have these conversations, and, like, that's our reality. So if you can't imagine it right now, listen to Playing With Fire and just, just let that seep in, that that is an option. People do get there. Yeah. Where can people follow Definitely. you? Definitely. You can follow me on TikTok or Instagram. I'm doctor at Dr. Jolie, D-R-J-O-L-I. <clears throat> oh, excuse me. Oh, my goodness. Choking. Choking. Don't choke on your emotions. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> Choking on my TikTok. We'll see. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, happens no. so That's often. The <laughs> That's the worst. So at Dr. Jolie underscore Hamilton. Hamilton, like the musical. Nice and easy. And I talk there about jealousy too. And so for people who are listening to all of this and you're like, yeah, but no, no. none of this non-monogamy, that's fine. My legacy in this world, if I have my say about it, is going to be in my jealousy work. I am currently doing jealousy studies. In fact, if you're monogamous and you want to be part of one, you can go to jealousystudy.com. I'm currently running a study on monogamous people and their experience of jealousy. So- I care about jealousy. So if you don't want the CNM, you don't want the ENM, that's fine. You can still follow me and hear what I have to say about jealousy and reinvent what jealousy feels like for you. That's wonderful. Thank you so freaking much for being here. Thank you so much for existing in this world and for doing the work that you do um, and for teaching us today with such grace and such openness. I am eternally grateful to you and I cannot wait to meet you in person and squeeze the fuck out of you. I'm I'm here for it. I'm so ready. Thank you both from the bottom of my heart. This is one of my favorite interviews ever. I'm yeah, so yeah. You win. This I was win. really really good. Yeah. Awesome. That's yeah, all just, I ever. I'm need. just glad to be here. And be <laughs> I'm just glad to be a part of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm here for it. This was awesome. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you so much, Dr. Hamilton. Everybody, stay safe, stay kind, and stay sexy.
Welcome back, fellow humans. So Dr. Jolie Hamilton and I, it was a it was love at first sight. Uh, this episode, we meshed in a way like if you saw the episode with Bree, the sex lady, or Alex Nashton, and there was this synchronicity between us. The same thing happened with Dr. Jolie Hamilton, and it I cannot wait to have her back on the podcast. She actually agreed to be a guest speaker in my class for my gender and sexual orientation class, which I'm just honored because I can't pay people because I don't have the wherewithal. Um, she is a a phenom in her field and has so much energy and so much information to give. I feel like I barely tapped the surface of who she is, what she does. Um, the vulnerability that she showed in this episode by telling us about her story, about her divorce, uh, about how she co-parents seven kids while being in a consensually non-monogamous open relationship. She goes on dates with people and her husband waits for her to get home and tell oh her. God. I know. it. it it's... That's so cool. Yeah. So cool. It's, it was such an interesting, like, talking to Dr. Justin Lee Miller about consensual non-monogamy, neither of us are in non-monogamous relationships. So we are both looking at it from, a pers like, a research lens, from a, a human sexuality professor lens. Speaking to someone who is in a consensually non-monogamous relationship and hearing their boundaries and hearing how they got to that point and how they navigate jealousy and compersion was jaw-dropping for both me and husband Kevin Willer. And I hope that that came across in the episode. Time to get back to the statistic of the day. I know you're all waiting <laughs> with bated fucking breath. Um, with 20% of people having ever engaged in consensual non-monogamy, the same amount of people who have owned fucking cats. So crazy. What is the percentage of people who are currently actively engaging in consensual non-monogamy? God damn it, Lillian, if I had a star, I would give it to you. Because <laughs> the answer is five. Five percent. I, I kind of cheated, though, because, like, I kind of knew You the didn't answer. cheat. I just knew the answer. <laughs> Knowing the answer isn't cheating. It's no. being smart. <laughs> <laughs> and you have taken two of my classes I where I talk about consensual non-monogamy with vigor. Yes. <laughs> and fever. So 5% uh, of uh, any individual, uh, like, any at, at, at any time, 5% of the population is engaging in consensual non-monogamy. I'm going to drop a bomb. Um, right now for the entire uh, What's Your Position podcast universe. So I hope that you're all ready. The example I gave in the episode you just listened to was real. It was a actual example from my life with husband Kevin Weller, which is why he was on this episode. Uh, and it was me. It was my example. It was my fucking question. I asked Dr. Jolie Hamilton a question that I wanted answered for myself because husband Kevin Weller and I started 
engaging in consensual non-monogamy at the beginning of 2022. And it is now January of 2023. And we have just booked our first sex club ticket for February on our 18 year anniversary. We are going to (laughs) go to a sex club called Club Joy in Los Angeles, and we are going to see what it's all about. I don't know what we're going to do or if there's going to even be anything to do or anyone to do. Live podcast. <laughs> I actually thought about One that. One day, baby. I actually thought about One that. Day, I was baby. like, I wonder if I can like sneak in a microphone somehow. But I read their I read their fucking no. terms of conditions no, like really closely. Yeah, I'm sure no. You can. No. No. no, but I can. In a few years, we'll have our own what's position <laughs> sex, sex club. Sex club. Yes. Everything's I, recorded. I yeah. absolutely <laughs> will be doing a quickie where I come back and talk about yes. what happened Please. at the sex club. Um, also, we asked the W. Y peeps to come up with a name for an episode that's not quite a quickie and not quite oh. a full frontal. You got one? Got two. Okay. Afternoon Delight and Peep Show. Okay. I don't know how we feel about either of those, but those are the two that got the most votes. So mm-hmm. I like them both. I like them both. I like Afternoon Delight. I like <laughs> Afternoon <laughs> Delight, but it sort of feels even shorter than a quickie. Yeah. It's got to be something... In between a quickie what and a What do you call frontal. that? I don't know. Well, you're the sex A one-night person, stand? Not the sex lady. Ooh, a one-hour stand? A one a, six, a, a 69? We could Ooh. call it a 69, and it has to be less than 69 minutes. Hey, that's an idea. I kind of like that. I kind of like that. Ooh. A quickie is like 30 minutes. A quickie is like 45 minutes or less. And a 69 is up to 69 minutes. I like this. I See, like look it. at this. I think this, this is a good idea. Nice producer. This is a collaboration that's when happening When I say 69. <laughs> so thank you to Dr. Jolie Hamilton for really honestly being so vulnerable and being willing to divulge her secrets um, onto our podcast. Again, she, she gave her five tools for navigating a consensually non-monogamous relationship through jealousy, which she doesn't ever do. Um, you can find her at Jolie Hamilton. Dot com. Uh, she has numerous uh, web webinars. Um, you can join her mailing list where she just emails you about consensual non-monogamy and the habits that are in relationships. You can take her quiz that talks about, am I ready for being in a consensually non-monogamous relationship? Am I even ready to be there um, so that you and your partner can kind of be on the same page as to where you're at in that journey? Um, she has a lot of tools and a lot of media and a lot of blog posts about how to navigate boundaries within a consensually non-monogamous relationship. She's done this, right? She went through the trauma of going about it wrong, and she's trying to help you make it right. And that is why she is so important, is because she's giving you the tools from something that she she burnt the cake. And she's trying to teach you how to not burn the cake. She's trying to help you eat your, have your cake and eat it too. Um, she is the relationship for coaches or for the relationship coach for couples who color outside the lines. Um, Dr. Jolie Hamilton, we are so uh, just 
immensely grateful for your presence, your knowledge, your vulnerability, and your 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 beauty. I I can't wait to meet you in person at a fucking conference. Um, make sure you follow us at all of the places. Thanks to Lil Turn, Hello. we now have um, lots of TikTok videos that you can go and check out. Uh, What's Your Position podcast. We've also got a lot of information on Instagram at What's Your Position podcast. You can email us as so many of you do. I'm super grateful for all of you. Thank you for emailing me. Um, What's Your Position podcast at gmail.com. I respond to everyone. She's like that with her school email too. <laughs> You literally email her. She's with you in fair. like five fucking minutes. Fucking fair. <laughs> I'm like handing, I'm looking at my phone like, who's emailing me? Yeah. Anybody? Does anybody <laughs> want to talk to me? Uh, I love writing back and talking about sex and talking about lots of really cool things surrounding human sexuality. So send me an email. Call us at 513-696-SEX. That's 513-696-SEX. We'll play your voicemail we'll live play on your air. Voicemail. Or if you say, please don't play my voicemail, then we won't. Right. But I will uh, verbalize it for I'm you. I'm down make for sure, a question uh, or a comment. Yes, make, like, sure, make sure hey, you Ashley. put your uh, pronouns in there, though, so we don't misrepresent. I don't want to misrepresent anybody, yes. so thank you for that. That's yes. fair. I would never want to <laughs> misrepresent anybody. I've had that happen. I'm, I'm dude bro. Oh Mine, I'm, mine is dude, I'm bro. dude bro. <laughs> I'm dude bro. I'm actually dude bro too, but also chick girl. I literally am everything. I'll be anything. I don't give a shit. Dude bra. I'm bra. Dude bra. Uh, dude bra. <laughs> please make sure that you are um, taking care of yourself physically and mentally during this time of the year. January sucks. Um, check out our, some of our sponsors. Awkward Essentials is great. Hi, dog. Lucy. MyLaurels.com. Use my code WYP at both of those places for 10% off your order. Awkward Essentials just came out with a new vibrator called the Nikki. And it is a great uh, beginning vibrator for anyone who has never owned a sex toy before. Um, it's called the Nikki because somewhere. the owner of Awkward Essentials' best friend, Nikki, introduced her to vibrators when she was like 18 years old. And so she named this vibrator after her friend. Ooh. It's a brand I new baby uh, baby vibrator. Um, so Awkward Essentials, use my code WIP for 10%. MyLaurels.com, use my code again for 10% off. Love y'all so much. Listeners, if you want to see Lucy, check out our newest TikTok. She's featured. She is featured in our newest. And YouTube YouTube as well. YouTube has Lucy in a lot of videos. Uh, Thank you so much, Dr. Jolie Hamilton, again for your time. Um, Thank you, listeners. Please like, share, download, and follow. We love you so much. Stay safe. Stay kind. Stay sexy. What's Your Position podcast represents the opinions of Ashley Weller and her guests. The content here should not be taken as medical advice and is intended for education and entertainment purposes only. Views and opinions expressed in the podcast are our own and do not represent that of our places of work. While we make every effort to ensure the information we are sharing is accurate, we welcome any comments, suggestions, or correction of error. Stay safe, stay kind, and stay sexy.